Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome back to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. Very excited to bring on today's guest because one of the things that I've been doing a lot of personally uh, is talking with you guys offline, not here on Demand Gen Radio, but I've been doing a lot of career coaching and career advising uh, more than I ever have. And I think that's part of what we're you know feeling in today's uh, marketplace where people were given the opportunity to work wherever. And a lot of people are considering making changes to their career. And one of the things, if any of you have never seen me in a public speaking uh, forum where I've been on stage uh, and I'm talking about modern marketing and modernization, I will say if you work at a company that doesn't have the right culture and the right leadership for, for example, aligning sales and marketing, for embracing change and quit and go find another job. And I know I always make it sound very simple that it's easy to do that. Change is hard for some people. But the important thing is this. If you divide up your day and you buy a mattress, you spend a third of your day in bed. So buy a good mattress. Some of them are expensive. If you work, you're spending a third of your day with other people. You should love what you do or like it a lot. Get energy from it. Get joy from it and work with great people. And of course, spend the rest of your day taking care of yourself, loving your family and loving your friends. So today's episode is really about all of you. It's about your careers and being successful in your careers. And please join me in welcoming Maya Grossman. And that's what we're going to talk about this topic. And no one better than her to talk about the topic. So Maya, thank you for joining me. Hello. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat today. You have a massive network on LinkedIn, very, very large. And I, I, I'd i like to assume that everybody knows you, but probably everybody doesn't. So let's take a couple minutes and introduce yourself. But if you guys have not found Maya's book called Invaluable, uh, I highly recommend that following this episode, we'll put some links in the show notes. Uh, you take a path to that book uh, if you're inspired by what you hear today from, from Maya and also certainly connect with her on LinkedIn. Maya, can we... Can, where where did the name of the book come from, and uh, what what led you to creating a book on uh, the ten skills you need to skyrocket in your career? Yeah, well, first and foremost, I can say for anyone who hasn't met me before or doesn't know who I am, I'm Maya Grossman. I'm a marketing executive, career coach, and author uh, in this order. Although it might change very soon, and I think about two years ago. Um, I was doing a consulting project with Google and I had three different people reach out to me and ask me the exact same questions about their career. And I was giving the same advice over and over. And at some point I thought, hey, I should just write this down and maybe turn it into a blog post. And from a blog post, it kind of grew into a book because I started listing everything that I've done to get myself from an independent uh, contributor to uh, a vice president and getting promoted 10 times in 15 years. And I just made a list of everything that I've done and somehow it turned into a book. Uh, but the name Invaluable actually has a funny story. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I, at the time that I worked for Microsoft, I had a wonderful, wonderful manager. We're still really close friends, even seven years after we started working together. And in my exit interview, I, I asked him, hey, if anyone is going to reach out for, you know, um, a reference or anything, what would you tell them? And um, he said one word, you are um, invaluable. And that stuck with me for wow. years. So yeah. when I had to explain what a great employee is, I just kept using that word over and over to explain to people what I'm writing about and eventually just decided I'm just going to use it. Uh, I I didn't know that because we had never talked about that. Love the root of that. And when I talk with my daughters and, and you've spoke with one of them now yourself, the advice I always give them is about taking on more and more responsibility. And while I talk about it being uh, possibly stressful and loading themselves up, I do it, to, to use your word, mentally because it makes you invaluable to the organization the more knowledge you have about the processes at that organization, uh, about uh, how the company goes to market, about the systems that they use, so making yourself invaluable, wonderful. And and you broke it down very tactically in the book on key steps that you need to take to uh, you know, skyrocket your career, which I wanna talk about today. Why, you know, you, uh, you and I both started, well, both have worked at Microsoft. I started my career at Microsoft. That, is that where you started or? Oh no, I got there about halfway through. Okay. And this is a question people always ask me, right? So how do you get to work for Microsoft? And my answer is always, you work your ass off for 10 years, build a reputation, and then they come to you. Um, but somehow people now think that if they don't get into Microsoft, Google, or Facebook for their first job, then they're doomed in, in their career. So it actually took me a while to wow. get there. I had a different experience. I, was, I started there straight out of college and... Uh, the skill that I had that they needed at that time is I was a real Mac geek. I loved the Macintosh and started using it ever since when it came out in 1984. So I knew how to explain a Windows interface. Uh, and so my skill set in terms of explaining how Windows work and a, that UI works, they needed that for the introduction of Windows and all the Windows products. So I think I got that shortcut. But I... um. I didn't love it there uh, after a couple of years because it was such a large organization and I was so driven and entrepreneurial, really wanted to move up the ranks very, very quickly. And so when an opportunity came to me at another company, I, I jumped from Microsoft and experienced probably similar to what you did in your career is I was there nine and a half years and every two years I was advancing my career. I was moving very quickly from, you know, a a uh, sales manager for an area to a regional manager to distribution channel manager to director of marketing to VP of marketing and then I exited. So I I used that as a place to have all the building blocks of skills that I needed to get to where I wanted to which is to lead a marketing organization and in a wonderful time of of digital and the web just coming about. So what um what are the key skills to advance your career? You've you've taken the time to really reflect on your career and many others and and put it into the book. Let's let's start there because I well actually let if we can back up. Let's start with because so many people on the podcast listen in the in the demand gen radio community are marketers. What what do you do in your first ninety days? What do you do as a marketer to be successful in that career? Let's let's niche in that area and then maybe go a little broader. Yeah, of course. 
So um, I joined a new company about a year ago as a VP of marketing, and I've been a VP of marketing before, and I've done executive roles. So when I talk about the first 90 days, I'm talking to anyone who's moving into a more impactful role because it's more than just figure out how to do your job and do it well. You really have to take a lot of other things into account. So if you're a marketing, um, I would say most people have a tendency to go in one of two ways. They either decide I'm going to take three months to build a strategy, which if you work for a startup, that's going to be way too slow. And the, on the other hand, some people are just do, do, do. They just put out fires. They don't really think strategically. And I think the, the perfect combination would be to balance the two. So what I usually tell people to do is when you join a new company, first and foremost, you want to start doing what I call independent onboarding before you even join the company. You're going to research them. You're going to learn anything that you can learn about the product, the business model, the market, everything that can you, you can use to educate yourself. So even on your first day, you're already starting from a very different perspective. And then as a marketer, what we all kind of immediately try to do is um, try and fix things. And I actually say don't. For the first 30 days, don't try to fix anything. Start with the fundamentals, which is figure out what you do. So understand the product inside and out. You need to be an expert of the product as a marketer, especially if you're the marketing leader, right? Figure out who you do it for. It's very possible that there's an ICT at the company. Very often, it's actually not the right audience. Mm -hmm. So don't assume, validate. Do the work and talk to customers, talk to prospects, um, look at your competitors. Try to understand if you're actually targeting the right people. And the way to know that is to actually interview them. Because when you talk to customers, they're going to tell you why they bought the product, why they love you. And if you talk to customers who decided not to buy, then you can learn why they're not buying. And just going through that process will put you miles ahead of anyone else, just because you will understand the fundamentals of who you're selling to, why they're buying. Love and that. that will help you make smart decisions. Now, having said that, you can spend your entire, in my opinion, you can spend your entire 90 days just learning. Mm -hmm. There has to be some doing. You want to mm -hmm. balance between quick wins and thinking more strategically. So what I would probably recommend is to do an audit of the marketing that exists where, wherever it is that you're going. And for the most part, you're going to find things that work really well, you're going to find things that have zero ROI and people are doing it because someone told them to do it a while back. And you can actually uh, have some really quick wins. So just as an example, in one of the companies um, I worked for, I joined, they had three different programs that were driving demand. And when you looked at the data, when you looked at the numbers, not the blended funnel, but the actual numbers per channel, you could see that one of those programs was delivering zero ROI. And when I say zero, I literally mean zero. Ouch. Tons and tons of leads, zero conversions wow. over a period of time. And it was actually really easy to see that. And that was one of the first decisions. Done. That's out. Mm -hmm. And then I have new budget that I can use to either double down on what works or use it to try and experiment with something new. So that audit is actually a very important step because it will allow you to have some quick wins. Mm. 
I uh, wanted to ask you a question. Your, your your advice, very sage advice about that first, getting out there and talking to customers and learning what the product does. I talk about that in, in my book and I, I talk about it not only in terms of the importance of you going out there and learning, but doing ride-alongs with your salespeople uh, and, and hearing how they sell and pitch the product and just listening and observing how a prospect takes in that information as well. Would you recommend during the interviewing process that you set that expectation that you're going to go do a little bit of tour duty on the road? Or are you, because uh, you know when most companies' hair's on fire by the time they they need you or the, the last head of marketing didn't work out and there's no one in the seat. Um, so it, it, it might be a little bit interesting if you're saying the executive team, like, okay, I'm going to be gone for a few weeks and, and doing that, which is the right thing to do. But where would you recommend you set those expectations before you come on board or, or as you come on board? Yeah, I mean, honestly, um, after doing this a few times, setting expectations in advance is huge. And it's actually something that I would recommend that you do. But at the same time, thinking like the CEO, right? Yes, you brought someone in, you have a new marketing leader, you might be really impatient and you're not going to want to wait 90 days to see something in action, which is why you need the balance. And we're so lucky today, one, because so much of our work is actually happening remotely. Uh, we have tools like Gong that can record sales calls. So sometimes you can actually see them, you know, even after um, they're done because they're recorded, but it's not a substitute. You would still need to have those conversations. That doesn't necessarily mean it needs to take out, you know, your entire first month. Um, I've actually done this before where I had conversations with about 30 customers in my first 30 days, which is about an hour a day on average, if you look at it, and was still able to do some of the additional work. So I think you really have to, to balance the two and technically multi, multitask because, you know, uh, it will be really hard to just not look at your funnel whatsoever and not really start building um you know, whether it's the tech deck that you need or the people that you need in place. So honestly, you're going to have to do both. Yeah. One of the things that I also did get your perspective is I met with a lot of companies who were using our competitors product. So this was, you know, 2003, I joined Ellie Mae as their head of marketing and it was in the mortgage industry space, mortgage software space. And Calix Point was the product at that time that had like 90% market share. They were the incumbent and we were bringing, I was there to, you know, really launch uh, their demand generation uh, efforts around the launch of a new product. And so really changing a big pivot for the company from where they were to being a software company. And I needed to know like why people loved or didn't the competitor's product so that I could sell and market against it. So I did spend a, a few time, uh, quite a bit of time talking with people. And because I was new to the organization, um, it was easy for me to actually get those those meetings with them. And that particular market segment, mortgage professionals are, are very chatty uh, and happy to talk to you about their work. And there were things that I noticed in the environment and learned that I'd, I never would have over the phone, just watching how a loan officer, a loan processor, and a mortgage broker work and how the software that they use, what, how it was really limiting things that I learned. So that would that'd be something I'd you know, want to get your perspective on, whether you've done that or... Um, just your thoughts around that, because it was helpful to me. Yeah, I, I definitely have done that. And <laughs> to be honest, the first time I've done that, I was 
just so embarrassed because I did not want to have that conversation in the office. I wanted to meet like at a neutral space. So I decided to meet some of our customers at a Starbucks and literally texted them what I'm wearing, almost like a blind date. And Mm -hmm. at the beginning, it was so weird. But then when you get into these conversations, you get information that you can't get anywhere else, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, you're going to join some of the sales calls to see how your salespeople are pitching. You want to see how people react. But if you really want to know what they think, you really need to have that one-on-one conversation and you need to have an agenda-free conversation. So this is not about, hey, tell me what you think about our product. You just want to talk to them about their day-to-day, about their problems, about their challenges. And through that conversation, a lot of the time, you will find out things that you've never imagined. So on a marketing perspective, when I've done that, people literally told me what the value proposition is that we then later used in our marketing materials to really grow exponentially. From a product perspective, um, I had an opportunity to go on a road trip with a VP of product of one of the companies I worked for. We just listened, seriously, almost no questions, just listened. And about 15 out of 20 companies told us the same thing we never knew about, a problem we didn't even know we had and was the reason people were not you know, signing up or using our product as much. And we went back and completely changed our roadmap. So you definitely need those more in-depth conversations. Uh, But again, you have to find that balance, especially at the beginning, Mm -hmm. because you have to hit the ground running. Especially if you're working for a smaller startup, you can't afford to wait 90 days. 90 days in startup is like three years. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Let's um, talk about, because as I said, when we kicked off the podcast, I really want people to come away from this episode. I mean, to look back on this episode and say, you know what, listening to that podcast, or maybe they're watching this on our YouTube channel, helped me advance my career, literally gave me some fundamentals of how I can grow in my career. And one of the things I want to put in front of you, because I know this is an area of real passion for you is I've had team members come to me and say, one who was leaving, I'm leaving because I didn't see an opportunity here. And I'm like, mind blown how in a large, thriving, growing organization, they didn't see that. But it was almost like they expected it to be handed to them on a silver platter. And then I've had other uh, people throughout my career come to me for career advice, but they're literally looking for me or their manager to tell them what they should be doing next and what role there is. And you ask them like, if you were the person, hey, so Maya, You've been running this and doing this, you, you, you know, in the conversation today, you looks like you're looking to do the next thing. What do you want to do? And this fictional Maya person, but, but this, I hear this all the time. is like, I don't really know, Dave, what do you think I should do? And I'm like, well, what do you think you should do? And I feel like it's their career. I'm, I'm a Sherpa or a guide or advisor to help them do it. So what do you, what do you think about people who are like maybe show up to work every day thinking like they're just going to get that promotion and so they're going to get recognized that they're the right person for the role where I literally came off a call today with someone in my group who is putting an initiative forward. And I asked her at the end of the the call, I said, do you want to lead this initiative and actually run this department? She goes, I would. And it was clear to me during the conversation that she did, but those people who come to you with this, give me the answers and guide me and, and maybe even make the role for me that they can't articulate. I really struggle with that. Yeah. Well, if there's one thing 
I would like everyone to take away from this conversation today, if it's just one thing, is this. You own your career roadmap. This is not about your boss. This is not about a company. This is about you and what you want to do. And it's one of the skills that I teach in the book. Um, how to be a planner, how to figure out, you know, what do you want to do next? And then what does the future look like? And what do you need to do to get from where you are today to where you want to go? And it's actually not that difficult to figure it out. I, I explain it step by step. And if you want, we can get into the details today to give oh, people more, sure. more information. Okay, awesome. So actually five really easy steps. Step number one, you really need to figure out what you want to do next. Some people know, some people have a vision, have a dream, they know where they're going. Some people don't. So if you don't, you're going to have to do a couple of different things to try and figure it out. One is look at your manager. Do you want to have their job? If the answer is no, then you're going to have to search a little bit deeper and figure out what the next level looks for you. Uh, I highly recommend creating a list of skills that you have and looking at your previous jobs and asking yourself, what did I enjoy doing? What do I hope I'll never have to do again? And then you're going to focus on the things that you like and try to figure out how to turn them into a job, how to use everything that you like and make it a full-time job. And there's a, a little hack that I teach in the book. You can actually go to LinkedIn and plug some of those keywords and come up with ideas because uh, LinkedIn will surface different people with different roles who have those skills. So that's one way to figure out. And let's say now you know, right? Maybe now you're a product marketing manager and you've decided you want to become um, a director. That's kind of the path that you want to go. Well, the next step is going to be to figure out what it takes. So go and look at job descriptions for the role that you want and start outlining what are the requirements. Mm -hmm. Go and speak to people who are already doing this job right now and ask them, you know, how did you get here? What do you do every day? Make sure that this is a job you actually want to have mm -hmm. and continue updating those requirements. And then the next step is to have, you know, a really honest conversation with yourself. If I had to rank myself for every one of these skills, how would I rank? And maybe some of these you already have. Maybe you have great product marketing skills. Maybe you know how to do sales enablement, but you don't really have leadership skills. Mm -hmm. So you're going to outline where are the things that you need to invest more time in. And you're going to end up, let's say, with five to seven skills that you need to grow. Now you're going to have to work to actually gain that experience. And a lot of people think they need to get the role to get the experience. The answer is no, you can actually get the experience before the role and then qualify yourself for it. Whether it's by volunteering, what you just said, right? Your team member yeah. just started an initiative and she kind of built an opportunity for herself to get into that role. So that's mm -hmm. one thing you can do. Um, you can actually do things outside of work, right? You wanna learn how to build a website? Just go build a website. It's not that difficult today, there are tools. You can also read, you can take classes. There's just so much that you can do, you can volunteer. For some reason, people think free work is not work. If you've done the work and you and you have the results to show for it, it doesn't matter if you got paid for it or not. Mm, right. It means you know how to do it. And if you create that list and you break down the big skills into really small, tangible tasks, and you look at them every single week and you just do one thing, you spend two hours a week making sure that you move forward in your career very quickly, you're going to have 
all of these skills and you're going to be able to qualify yourself for that dream job. Very, very good practical advice. And I hope, I hope everybody listening and watching takes a couple action items from that part, which is really knowing what you like doing and what you don't like doing, what you get energy from, uh, what you don't. <clears throat> I've often in some career coaching draw a little box that you made me think of, which is that four quadrant box, which is up in the right is things I enjoy doing and things that I'm good at. Because there's other, the lower left quadrant, which is things I don't enjoy doing and things I'm not good at. <clears throat> and if you spend a lot of your day in that box, you're very unhappy in your job. And if you spend time in the, I'm, you know, I'm good at it and I don't enjoy doing it, or I don't enjoy doing it, but I'm good at it. You really got to reflect on why you're spending time in those other quadrants, as opposed to just living the dream job of being in the upper right. You can't be there all the time. You're going to have to do stuff that you don't like to do. Uh, we all got to do expense reports. We've all got to do, you know, administrivia stuff that we don't enjoy. Uh, and then, you know, if you need that stuff done in your career, find a person or surround yourself with people who love to do that stuff and enjoy doing it. Uh, you know, the administrative help that I've, I've had in my career, if I need to book a flight or book a hotel, I hate researching where to stay, uh, what's the ideal flights and where the, you know, getting the best, you know, cost from that and all those things. And I have worked with people who, you know, approach it like a detective. They love researching that and the best place to go for dinner and where to take a client or a partner and they crush it and they enjoy it and they're good at it, but I am not good at it and I don't enjoy doing that. So uh, try to shed some of those responsibilities. What what else do you have? So let's, let's, let me throw a scenario at you. Let's, let's play career coach because my, my spidey senses tell me you're going to be doing a lot more of this. I'm 20 something, maybe 30 something. I've been developing some skills and expertise and it feels kind of niche. I'm really good at Marketo, Pardot, or content creation. I'm kind of niched in my expertise, but I want to be a head of demand generation, or I want to be a manager of a department, or I want to be eventually a head of marketing, but I'm known and skilled in these more niche areas. So maybe I, I know marketing automation, but I'm not ready for marketing operations. What advice would you have for that person who wants to go on that path of, of, you know, more generalist versus specialist, but maybe skills they don't have? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. Um, and honestly, I would probably direct them to my previous comment. You have to figure out what it takes because demand can be really broad or I want to lead marketing. You know, for some companies, their marketing leaders have a demand background. Other companies actually take people with product marketing background. And I've seen VPs of marketing who come from the content space. So you really want to go and figure out what that journey could look like. And the easiest way to do it is to talk to someone who's actually done it, someone who's been in your situation and kind of moved up and figured out how to do it. Because yes, you can play detective, but what's better than hearing it from people who have actually done it? When I first identified, hey, I, you know, I want to lead marketing. I wasn't sure how I was going to make it because 
I actually had the opposite problem. I'm too much of a generalist. I've done any, everything and anything you can think of in marketing, and I actually didn't specialize. Um, and I wasn't sure how that is going to qualify me for the role. So I just found, I did a research. So I went to LinkedIn um, and I just looked for CMOs of companies that I really admire and companies that I could see myself working for, right? So for me, it was less the bigger corporations, more tech startups. And I made a list and I literally reached out to probably 30 or 40 people, ended up talking to about 10 of them. And mind you, they had no idea who I was. This was pre-LinkedIn networking um, and building a community. I probably had a thousand connections, but I just had a really honest you know, outreach of like, hey, I'm an executive. I'm thinking about my next move. I really wanna become a VP. I'm really inspired about what you've achieved. Would you mind spending 30 minutes with me talking to me, talking about your career journey? And from those conversations, I learned how are they successful at their job with the background that they had. I learned what they did to get there. And it might look different for someone who's coming from my background or someone who's coming from uh, that operational background. And I just mapped out what it's gonna take. And then I spent probably a hundred hours immersing myself in the relevant content because the best way to learn is to do, but it's really hard to start doing before you know what you're doing. You need the context. So I read every possible book. I listened to podcasts. I read blog posts. Um, I seriously spent about a hundred hours, probably over a period of six months where I got to a point that I knew my stuff. I knew like the, the technical stuff. Now I needed to start doing. So I just slowly got more and more opportunities to do the work. And maybe it's just me telling my manager, hey, I really wanna learn more about strategy. Would you mind if I help you with a QBR, right? So it was shitty work. I had to look at a PowerPoint and make it look pretty, but I actually got to see the information. I got to ask questions. I became a partner. So the first time I just designed the presentation, the second time around, I actually wrote the content and I understood how the business works. So it's really about creating those opportunities for yourself, but you only know to create them when you know what you're looking for. And that's the first step. You first have yeah. to figure out what the journey looks like. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't come to you always, and it's okay to embrace the time it takes to figure it out. Don't, don't create yeah. anxiety for yourself. I was, I was recently, um, went to Mexico and took a little time away and I was with my friend Jim and I've actually been career coaching his son, but Jim and I were having a conversation and I was asking him about what's next in his, his career. And he says, you know, my, my antenna is tuned to the frequency of finding what's next. And I know when I will hear it, you know, it was, it was kind of metaphorically because he's not trying to wake up in the morning and make this hard decision about what's next. He's realizing that he's ready for what's next and he's listening for it and absorbing and looking, and he's being intentional about, I'm going to do what's, what's next. That might create anxiety for people. It could take six months to a year. Uh, for you to figure out what's next for you. The point is what you said earlier is like, take ownership of your career. You own it. And I love that you message that so strongly in the book and your philosophy of just taking ownership for your career, figuring that out and making the steps to that as such sage advice, Maya. 
Um, any other skills in the book that you want to make sure we talk a little bit about today? I, I, as you're thinking of that, I want to let you guys know one of the reasons that we did the podcast and moved it to YouTube is so that you can drop comments below and engage with Maya or engage with me or the community here on Demand Gen TV and Demand Gen Radio. You know, no, none of us are smarter than all of us. So if you have some thoughts that are going through your head today and you want to talk about them, drop a comment below or reach out to Maya on LinkedIn, Maya Grossman, easy enough to, to find because we want to hear from you guys. We want to help you. The mission of my group has always been making marketing heroes. To me, that shows up in so many ways, but ultimately means about you driving success in your career. So Maya, back to you. What What's another skill? What's another area uh, that's going to help you to do that skyrocketing your, of your career? Yeah, so I wanted to mention three out of the 10 skills today. And it actually starts with mindset. And the first skill in the book is called develop an owner's mentality. And when I tell people that, they automatically that. assume, oh, you just want me to work 24-7. And the answer is no, not at all. Having an owner's mentality just means that you don't just focus on your own narrow perspective, just your role. You're able to think in terms of the company and what's going to be uh, successful and valuable for the company when you make decisions. It means that you're able to see the big picture, but also know how to do the day-to-day and get your job done. And it means that you know how to ask the right questions around why things are not working or how you can do things better and that you take initiative. And the problem is a lot of people see it as unfair because you know why should I do more than expected? Why should I do more than I'm being paid to do? Why should I care about you know a company uh, which is not like family? It's not necessarily someone who would care for me. And the answer is long-term gains right? Because the more you do that, one, first of all, you get to learn, right? So when you do that, when you practice that mindset, Mm -hmm. you start asking better questions, you build better relationships, and you learn. So first and foremost, for yourself, but then for the long term, because that's exactly how you create opportunities, because you think differently, because you know, to step out of your own little corner, and really see the bigger picture. And honestly, you know, no pun intended, that's an invaluable skill. Most people can only do their job and they can only think short-term. And when you have an employee who can do both, that can navigate the long-term, the strategic and the day-to-day, I mean, hire them and don't ever let them go. Yeah, 100%. And for for (laughs) those of you who don't own the business or run the department, unless you have a crappy manager or leader, we are comfortable sharing with you what it takes to run the business, where where the business is, is succeeding and thriving. We just need to know that you're interested and that you want to ask. I, I, I remember Blake Colon, shout out to Blake if, if you're listening, and I still talk to him this day, he joined the company back in, gosh, I think it was like 2008. And one of the things he said to me, I thought it was really cute at the time, he's like, hey, Dave, can I come sit in your office and like, well, you're just working and being CEO so I can learn what it takes to be CEO. And it was funny, I'm like, you know, it doesn't happen through osmosis, but we talked more about that. And what I liked about that was his interest in learning what it takes to run the business. I remember a conversation I had with Rob Mayo uh, early on, which was around the financial aspects of the business. He said, so if we charge our clients this 
and you pay me this, where do the other dollars go? Where do the margin, you know, go between that? And how is that used inside the business? And I took him into the P&L and said, let me show you the expenses of the business. We have insurance here. We have some of taxes, 401k contributions. And so I showed him where margin, you know, when and, and how you got to net profits when he was, you know, in his early 20s. And he's now in a phenomenal position leading marketing, uh, marketing operations, marketing systems at Splunk. Those conversations of someone thinking like an owner, acting like an owner, learning about the business led to him understanding more about efficiency and how to generate more profits out of projects and that type of stuff. And so great, great advice skill. So think like an owner, bang, let's, let's tuck that into the people says, what's, what's the next skill? So the next one is becoming a lifelong learner. And I know this one is a cliche and everyone talks about it. Yes, you have to learn. But at least for me, in my 20s, I don't think I read any books. I mean, the minute I was out of school, no one forced me to sit down and read. So I just didn't. And keeping up with learning was actually really hard for me. So becoming a lifelong learner is how do you teach yourself and train yourself to continuously learn, not just take one class, not just look at one YouTube video, but actually to consistently be at the top of your game. And I have to tell you, hands down, this is probably the reason I got most of the roles that I have. Because if you look at my career, uh, and I mentioned it before, I pivoted from one uh, role to another. I went from PR and social media to digital, from digital to product marketing, to demand. And it's really hard to convince a hiring manager to hire you when technically you've never done that work before. Mm -hmm. The only way it works is if you are so knowledgeable that in a conversation, they can really pick up what you would do and how you would do it. And it fits with their description of the role. And um, doing that requires practice and it requires consistency. So one of the things that I teach in the book, and I'll give one really quick example today that people can do right now to really kind of, I call it automating your learning. So building a growth machine. We all go to social media all the time. And most of our time on social media is spent browsing and you know, getting entertained. Mm -hmm. So what I tell people to do is choose one platform. For me, that's LinkedIn. For someone else, that could be uh, Instagram. And create a list of all the influencers in your industry or around a topic you want to learn. So for a while, I really wanted to learn more about product marketing. So I followed 20 people in product marketing. I really care about fitness. So I actually follow a lot of people in the fitness industry. So I have daily reminders and daily motivation mm -hmm. to work out. And when I open and scroll, instead of just seeing random stuff, I only see two things. I see product marketing and I see fitness. And it just reminds me, and it's almost learning by osmosis, right? Because you just kind of mindfully browse through it, but technically you're learning, yeah. you're getting information. So just kind of using that habit to actually help you learn and grow. Great advice. I will, I will share insights into what I do because I am like you, a, a constant student and always will be. Uh, I am a constant uh, watcher of YouTube. Uh, when I started binging YouTube several years ago, it was actually to prepare me for doing the podcast and having a YouTube channel, 
uh, the software, the tools, you know, people always compliment me like, wow, your camera looks amazing. Your lighting is so good. Your microphone sounds so great. These were all tools that I discovered on YouTube. And what I do for myself on YouTube is I build playlists. They're all, you know, tagged as private playlists. So people on my YouTube channel, my personal YouTube channel, don't see that I have these playlists. But when I see, I'll spend some time in the morning drinking coffee, going through stuff that's come out and just adding them to playlists, kind of like a watch later, which is stuff about learning for YouTube, stuff about video editing, which is a personal hobby of mine. And I just tuck things into those different playlists. And then I will download those as well. Many often download if I'm preparing for a trip or a long flight so that I can watch them while I'm on the flight and do that. So I use YouTube as just like, it's my Skillshare. Like I am there learning stuff and I, and I love it. Uh, and for my personal hobbies, I do the same, same thing. My, and there is so much good content. It's one of the reasons that we launched Demand Gen TV and created playlists for Pardot. Uh, and I'm, I'm proud to announce that, that Ben on my team is going to be creating regular content on Pardot and doing interviews of people who use it because people reached out and said, I want to see more Pardot content. So boom, we're doing that. And we show other different tools and technology. So I learned all those, those content creation skills. Uh, through YouTube, and I love doing. That's how I. That's how I organize it. So be, think like a boss. You know, be a constant, constant learner. Uh, your point about I mentioned earlier the meeting right before this. The person on my team who was bringing a new initiative and wants to lead it. She said exactly what you did. You know, this hasn't been my role previously. I don't have this background, but I'm super passionate about it. I've been reading a ton. I've been learning it, and I engage with several of our clients using this methodology, and that's why I want to lead the practice. Doesn't have it on a resume, but has just, it's kind of like when I was a soccer coach and someone would say, put me in coach, because the score was 3-3 and there was like two minutes left in the game. I, I coached girls soccer for like 14 years. That person got the goal, won the game. So if you have the passion and you have some knowledge, it doesn't matter if it's not on your revenue, re resume, a good coach is going to put you in. What's skill number three? So the last skill we actually kind of touched on, um, it's called becoming an opportunity digger. And that means setting up time on your calendar to proactively ask yourself, if I have this uh, dream job and I have the list of all the different skills that I'm gonna have to acquire to actually get there, where do I see opportunities? Because here's the thing, and to your point earlier about your friend Jim, right? You need to have it, in your head. You need your mind to constantly think about what you're trying to achieve. And suddenly you'll start seeing those opportunities because you are intentional and um, you keep seeing them where they don't actually exist. And a lot of people call it being lucky. Luck has nothing to do with it. But when you're actually intentional and you ask yourself, you know, once a week or once a month, okay, I want to gain leadership skills. I've asked my manager and there's no headcount opening anytime soon. So I'm not gonna be a people leader. How can I actually gain this experience? So one example would be, okay, can I mentor someone else at the company, someone more junior than me? Maybe not officially, but can I gain that experience? Can I volunteer somewhere? Is there a group, whether it's in the organization or externally where I can play more the role of the leader? Can I work one-on-one -on -one with my manager? Can I spend half of the time on my one-on-ones having them teach me more about leadership? But if you don't ask yourself those questions, you'll just wait. You'll just, okay, one day I'll get the headcount and I might be able to be a manager. 
But hope is not a strategy. This is everything that I'm talking about here today. You can be intentional and make things happen. And I'm going to give you the best example. I love telling this story very early in my career. Love it. I moved in. I actually didn't start my career in marketing. And I figured out how to move into marketing. And I worked for um, the social media agency. And we were about five or six people. We were growing like crazy. This is like the first days of Facebook. This is how old I am. And our CEO was really focused on bringing in more clients. And the other people, five account managers, we were struggling because we each had like 10 clients. We were juggling. We had no structure. Things were starting to fall apart. And it really bugged me because I love my job. I like my manager. So I had this Jerry Maguire moment and I decided, hey, I'm going to solve this problem. So I put together a plan and when by plan, I mean a war document with like five bullet points that said, okay, we probably need a manager. Someone needs to lead this team. Mm -hmm. We need some structure. So we need templates or processes. We were all creating reports, but very different reports. Okay. So we need more structure. Um, and we probably need to have a system of, you know, when someone gets hits like 10 customers, we need to hire someone new. And that's all. That's when I called my CEO and I said, hey, we need to talk. I've been seeing there's a problem. I think you need to go and hire a manager. And at the end of this conversation, I will never forget it. The CEO looks at me, all smiles, and he goes, congratulations. You're now a manager. Go figure it out. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Wow. That's how I became a manager. I built my own role yeah. because I cared enough. I took the time to figure out what was wrong. And I created the opportunity uh, and people might say, hey, but you spent, you know, 10 hours thinking about this outside of work and you built, you know, that plan and no one paid you for it. And I'm like, so what? I became a manager <laughs> right after that. And right. I was able to grow my career so rapidly yeah. after that, that it was worth the investment. I love it. I love it. I could talk to you for hours, Maya, because I like you. I'm just so passionate about advancing people's careers and giving them advice. I, I thank you so much for sharing this. Um, the person who feels trapped, the person who feels, you know, the victim mentality, I really struggle with those, those people because I see this market right now. There has never been a better time to be an employee. There's also never been a better time to be an entrepreneur and start your company. We, you know, you and I can talk about that, but what do you think of those folks who feel like, ah, oh, there's no advancement for me here. I'm not being recognized for my work. I'm not valued. I'm not earning enough. Uh, what do you say to those folks who are feeling those feelings, thinking yeah. those things? Um, that's actually something I address in the book, because as I mentioned before, mindset is so important. And what you're describing is someone um, who is just shifting responsibility to everyone else. And what I'm trying to teach is exactly the opposite. Everything is your responsibility. You're accountable for everything, which is terrible on the one hand, because whatever, you know, whatever it is that you mess up, that's on you. But it also means that you get to create every opportunity that you want. And it also means you can achieve anything you want in your life as well as long as you're willing to work for it long enough to actually get there. So I would try and ask those people to 
maybe describe to me what an ideal situation or a perfect situation would be. And then try and show them that they can actually achieve that now Mm -hmm. if they take that responsibility. Mm -hmm. I would ask questions like, oh, did you actually ask for a raise? Or did you ask for feedback from your manager? Do you have a process to do that so you know where you stand and you can improve? Um, Or, you know, you don't feel like you're appreciated. Do you see other people being appreciated? Is it just you or is it everyone? I would just really pick into that um, Mm -hmm statement and try to find ways to show them that they can actually change that right now, but they'll have to take action to do that. Right. And Hey, sometimes you're at the wrong company and that's okay. And it just means that you need to figure out what would be a good culture for you and find a different place. Yeah. Love it. We're going to have to wrap it up because you and I, it's, it's approaching Friday evening for us, but I have really enjoyed our conversation and I I'm, feel very fortunate that you and I have got to meet each other in the last month. I don't know how we haven't crossed paths sooner, but but fate has brought us together. Um, hang tight for one second while I talk to these guys. Uh, for those of you on the program for the first time, maybe you discovered this episode uh, because you're looking to advance your career. Um, I'm very blessed to have you here, to to have found you as well. I hope if it's on the podcast that you click that subscribe button and you listen to other great thought leaders and coaches and practitioners like Maya, um, I try to bring on here everything from authors and people are going to help you advance your career to practitioners in the marketing field who can give you their recipes of success. If you are not watching this on YouTube, uh, be sure to go to YouTube. Uh, fastest way to get there is demandgen.tv, but just go to YouTube and search for demandgen. Uh, and you'll find these the playlist of these interviews and discussions that I'm having with folks like Maya, but you'll also find other playlists for MarTech Show and Tell, Sales Tech Show and Tell, lots of things that we like to do on the YouTube channel. And when you're there, don't forget to hit subscribe as well. And as one marketer to another or to just a professional out there, smash that like button if you can so that other people can find the program and maybe talk to other people uh, on LinkedIn or your network and share uh, that these, these channels of, of knowledge are out there for them. And just on a personal note, I want to give you guys a, a little apology. It's It's been a little bumpy in terms of our consistency week to week in the content that we're producing. Just been a lot going on here. I'm not one to give excuses, but I think that is behind us. So if you were wondering for a couple of weeks, how come I skipped a week or two of episodes? I did take a little downtime and vacation time. Probably could have planned ahead and made sure those episodes were ready, but um, thank you for sticking with me. And um, I'm here for you guys every week, doing podcasts, doing videos. And if I ever miss, it's just something going on that uh, I probably could have planned better for. No excuses. Um, Love having you guys part of the community. If there are topics, questions, ways that I can help you or things that we can teach you, like Maya said, be be a student. And if there are things that you want to make sure that we cover here on the program, reach out to me on LinkedIn or drop a comment. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Hope you had a wonderful Halloween. I'm looking forward to the weekend. Like to dress up and just get out of character. Uh, And I look forward to you guys on the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.